temptation for us is not in and of itself a sin. We sin when we give in to it. So this is an example of how we should allow the Holy Spirit to overrule our flesh or the human part of us that is capable of sinning. You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dotson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Welcome, welcome to another episode of The Traditional Millennial. I am your host, Brittany Dotson, and I'm so glad that you decided to tune in to today's episode. So first, before we jump in to this episode on overcoming temptation, I I want to give us a little bit of background, or maybe if you already know all of this stuff, um, just kind of want to do a little recap and talk about the gospel. Um, so we hear a lot about the gospel. We hear people, you know, that say we want to spread the gospel, but we, we, we just kind of, some people may want to know like, what is the gospel? What is all that talk about? I, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're saying. So we're going to talk about the gospel a little bit. So in Luke four, Jesus said that the spirit of the Lord appointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. So let's talk about this a little bit. So when Jesus said preach the gospel or in the Greek, you agalizo, what does that mean? Well, what did he mean when he said preach the gospel? So when he said this, he was in essence saying to announce the good news or to evangelize. So now that brings about another question. What, what, what was the good news or the gospel to announce? It was the message that there is someone who has come to give up themselves and their life in order to take on the sins of the world so that the world can be saved or delivered. So what does this mean for those who will accept this teaching? It means that we are no longer responsible for carrying our own sins. We no longer have to sacrifice animals or go to the high priest to be pardoned. But we have someone who is Christ that bears or bore the wrath of God on himself at the cross to take on our guilt so that we can be reconciled back to God and deemed not guilty, even though we really are, <laughs> y'all. And that, that right there, that is some good news. That is good news. I don't know about anybody else, but to not have to bear the punishment of something that you did because someone else took that upon themselves to do, that is good news. That's great news, actually. So just going back to the passage, who, who are the poor here? Those who are poor are described here as poor in spirit and those who are lacking something. The, the reason why the gospel is preached and accepted by the poor is because they are looking for something that they are lacking and that they and they know that they can't provide this for themselves. The gospel gives the poor Christ and his saving and delivering power. And, and this is how the poor differ from the rich and, and why it's harder for the rich to enter the kingdom, as Jesus said to the young rich man, rich man and, and why it's harder to reach the rich. The rich have formed a sense of independence, so they depend on themselves. So they reject the idea that they need someone outside of themselves for anything when they really need Christ and they need to be dependent upon him more than anyone else because they can gain so much more in Christ than they can for themselves or, or anything the world offers. So I mentioned being delivered. Or I mentioned the word delivered earlier. So let, let's move on 
into deliverance. We're getting closer to temptation here. Whenever we accept Christ as Lord and Savior and we are saved, what does that mean? It means that we are rescued or we're carried away to safety or we're snatched from danger or we escape something, something. So what are we delivered from when we accept Christ into our lives? I'm asking y'all a lot of questions on it. So Romans 8 and 2 says that we are free from sin and death. So death would have been our judgment and will be for those who won't accept Christ. And this is not just a physical death, but but it's a spiritual death where we will be separated from God forever if you do not accept him. So if we die in Christ, we are at rest. But a death outside of Christ is eternal torment. Sin leads to death, but we are delivered from the bondage of sin that ultimately causes a spiritual death if we accept Christ's redemptive work on the cross. So we're delivered here from committing acts that are wrong that can and will lead to what happens when we leave here to spend eternity. But what's so awesome about this is that in deliverance, this is what I like, we aren't just saved or rescued or snatched away from sin and death and judgment. We're also given something. We aren't just taken from a bad situation to be left on our own to fend for ourselves, but we are taking taken from a bad situation and put in an even better one. And we are given the Holy Spirit to help us live out our faith in response to our deliverance. And this is where temptation comes into the conversation. So the question is, will we be tempted as believers to do wrong or to sin once we are delivered from sin and death? So There are a lot of people who like to think one of two ways. They either think that once we're saved, we no longer have to fight off temptation and the things that are always, you know, they think that things are always going to be easy and smooth sailing, or or they think that once you accept Christ as Savior, that you can do whatever you want and you're automatically just pardoned. Well, hate to break it to you, but neither of the two are true, okay? Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart or be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So this dispels the idea that we won't go through. But in Christ, no matter what we go through, which most of the time for the believer, it will be for the sake of Christ. And it will not be suffering as the world may define tribulation. But no matter what we go through, we always have peace in Christ because we know he has already controlled or or overcome the outcome of what the world tries to bring our way. And now to the um, to dispel the next point, the people can do what they want to do if they accept Christ. Paul says in Romans 6, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we say, how shall we that are dead to sin still live in it? So this rids us of the idea that we can live how we want and still profess a life of deliverance. And first John three tells us that anyone who practices sin practices lawlessness and that anyone who makes a practice of sin is of the devil. Like he was laying it on us. Um, So we will be tempted as believers inwardly and outwardly because of the flesh or the sin nature that remains in us. And because of what Satan will try to use to take us off course. But If with our hearts and minds, we serve and give ourselves over to the law of God, we won't yield to our flesh and become captive by the law of sin. Now, do we have the power on our own to overcome sin and temptation, 
to I know we like to think that we can do all, do everything that we're superheroes like Captain America and Thor, but we are not. We absolutely do not have the power to overcome sin and temptation on our own, but the Holy Spirit in us does because he can't do any wrong. So we have to be sure to yield to the Holy Spirit instead of our flesh so that he can lead us simply because he can't sin and we can. You know, I used to think that because I knew right from wrong that I could control what I did or didn't do on my own. But listen, let me tell you something. Life started coming at me and I started giving in to things that I didn't think I would ever do. It wasn't until I stopped relying on myself and I realized how fragile I was that I started allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me so that I could resist doing the things that my flesh wanted to do. I say this a lot. Our flesh is sick. It is really sick. But God is real good. And and he's so good in that he gave us something and someone actually to help overcome our sick flesh. And because of this precious gift, we have to really understand that there is no struggle or anything we can face that the Holy Spirit doesn't have the power to defeat and overcome. And actually, he's already defeated it and overcome it. You know, we have the perfect, perfect example of overcoming temptation that we can rely on. So whenever you get time, I encourage you to read Matthew 4. Um, It's the temptation account of Jesus. So we see the temptation of Christ in the Gospels, and he was tempted in the same ways we are. Lust of the flesh is one. Christ had fasted 40 days. He was hungry and he was tired. So Satan asked Christ, or no, he, you know, put this before Christ to turn stones into bread. And then lust of the eyes, he offered Christ the kingdoms of the world. And in pride of life, he asked Christ to cast himself off the temple to prove that he was the son of God. Now, Jesus was not born with a sin nature. So even though he was born of a woman in order to be our kinsman redeemer, even though he took on our sins and when he died, he took on the penalty and power that sin had over us. He himself was still sinless by divine nature. So in him was and is no sin, which means he couldn't be tempted by anything internally or externally that would cause him to yield because of an internal battle that he had with sin. So what does this tell us? And if Jesus is in us as believers through the person of the Holy Spirit, then we can't say that the spirit in us ever tempts us with anything. The Bible says no man can say say this. So we, we most definitely can't. And it also tells us something else, which we will discover here in just a second. You know, I think we give Satan a little too much credit. He, he is so blinded by pride and greed that he didn't even have enough sense to stop and just concede to the person of, of Christ. But he's not going to do that anyway. He didn't even care to recognize who he was dealing with when he went to Christ to tempt him. That alone should have made him rethink that whole encounter. But pride got the best of him, just like it did when he was Lucifer in heaven. You know, pride makes us uh, make some very unwise decisions at times. And we really think we're doing something grand. But scripture is true. Pride goeth before destruction because that's ultimately what happens. Because Satan is so bothered by God, he allowed himself to be fooled into thinking that he could tempt God himself. Because remember, Christ was 100% God and he was 100% man. But all be- this was all because of what he thought he saw in the man of Christ, not the God who is Christ. And because of his pride. And because for some reason, he just thinks that 
the more the more he keeps coming at you, the more he can take you from the mission and the plan that God has for your life. You know, Satan is not smarter or wiser than you if you have Christ, but he is tricky because we don't operate in that space. But we should know and we should be prepared for when he comes. He tried to tempt Christ with physical proposals. So like, again, again, I said, Christ had fasted for 40 days, so he was hungry. So Satan offered bread. He offered him material possessions. And Satan asked him to make an attempt on his own life so the angels would save him. But even though Christ was 100% man, the 100% God overrules the man every time, every time. So this brings me to, to this that I said we would discover here shortly when I said that earlier. The 100% man of us or our flesh should be able to withstand temptation because we should be conceding to the 100% God inside of us, just like Christ did. (laughs) So it's the same thing. If we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have God in us. So we have 100% God in us that should be able to help us to to not yield to any form of temptation. So to sum this all up, so some of you, you might be wondering why, why was Jesus led away to be tempted in the first place? Why did this happen? What was the point of this? Well, this account was actually supposed to happen. It wasn't an accident because the Bible does say that Jesus was led away to be tempted. So it was on purpose. But why? So in this encounter, we see that this was a visible manifestation of a spiritual matter. Just think about, about us now. We don't see Satan. And we don't physically see God here. We know he's here. But here in scripture, these two were actually encountering one another in a face-to-face interaction. So we see this visibly taking place. But now this happens spiritually for us. There are things that we will be tempted to do inwardly because of our sick flesh. But Jesus was also in the flesh. And and although he, he didn't have sinful desires, he dealt with fleshly cravings. They said he was tired and hungry. But because he had a greater purpose and mission, and because he was God, he did not give in to what would derail the mission and the purpose for his coming in the first place. We have a purpose and a mission in Christ. So we can't let our flesh derail that purpose and that mission. We'll also be tempted outwardly. This temptation account is in essence how temptation will come at us and how Satan will come at us to tempt us. But Christ shows us physically and spiritually how to overcome this temptation. We have to know the word of God to fight off the attacks of Satan. But it's more than just knowing the word. Satan knows scripture because he even used it here in Matthew in in this account in verse 6. But we also have to obey the word of God. It's more than just knowing it. You got to do it. Christ used the word of God, a word which he also obeyed to ward off Satan. And he used the 100% God in him to fight against what his flesh felt. He was tired and hungry. He was thus more vulnerable, right? But he didn't yield. But don't think for a second, hold on, don't think that Satan will, will come at us just when we are weak. He, he can try to use our strengths against us too. Remember that pride we talked about earlier? Satan knew Christ had the power to turn those stones to bread. He knew that, but Christ just didn't yield. But that's why we should always be on guard and be prepared to stand against the attacks of Satan. We have to remember that Christ is God. And if God is sinless, then there is nothing that can cause God to sin, not even temptation Um, from outside of him because nothing in him will yield to it. So in this account with Christ, it wasn't wrong to eat. It just wasn't the time to eat. 
taking us back to last week's episode about sex, sex isn't wrong when done in marriage. It's when we engage outside of marriage that we commit a sin. So temptation for us is not in and of itself a sin. We sin when we give in to it. So this is an example of how we should allow the Holy Spirit to overrule our flesh or the human part of us that is capable of sinning. So we really can retire the phrase, I'm human, because that's that's no excuse. It's, it's really not an excuse because we have we have an example here. We have the perfect perfect example here. And this is also an example of how using the word of God wards off the enemy. The spirit in us resists and the word of God makes the enemy flee. So we have God in us by way of the Holy Spirit, which is who we submit to as believers. Then we have Satan, who is who the God inside of us wars against to show us that the power of the one we have pledged allegiance to leaves us void of any excuse to sin or yield to any form of temptation. And that right there is how we overcome. I want to leave you with this scripture and these scriptures in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 and Hebrews 4 and 15. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Hebrews 4 and 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. All right, y'all. That's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure you connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Dotson Music and also on Twitter at I am BD Music. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Be sure to tune in next week for a new episode also. Thanks again for hanging out with me on the traditional millennial where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gap.